why would uh, the average person who's not a runner want to wear balloons, mm. right? And the answer is because it's, it's, it's the most comfortable shoe you'll wear. Welcome to the B-Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm Brad Kearns, New York Times bestselling author, former number three world-ranked professional triathlete, and Guinness World Record Masters athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype, hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the superfuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. Catching up with Mark Sisson. What a pleasure. And always something new and interesting to talk about. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. And I think we're going to have some, uh, some, some good uh, conversation today about a whole new concept. So... Uh, as many people know, this primal enterprise has been going strong since the really the beginning of the ancestral health movement that you helped kickstart and uh, the primal blueprint, the, the company, then the primal kitchen was started. And now it's a part of a major Kraft Heinz operation. It's on the shelves and all the stores and a great journey for you. Uh, you're still involved, but yeah. you're kind of uh, on to the next thing. And now um, after some time in the in the dark. We can freely discuss Mark Sisson's new business venture. Yeah, so you know, I've uh, you you go back to you know co co authoring the Primal Blueprint with me back in two thousand eight and nine, and it came out in ten. Um, and all along, we were talking about all manner of ancestral living, which was not just diet and exercise, but sleep and sun exposure and play. And uh, we both got very involved in this concept of. Uh, minimalist shoes or the barefoot lifestyle right mm -hmm. and the idea that that uh, we evolved to be barefoot we evolved to be covering ground as bipedal uh, organisms 
with sensory input into the bottoms of our feet that would inform our brains of how to uh, how much to load the foot, how to bend the ankle, how to bend the knee, how to torque the hip, how to flex the different muscles to absorb shock, whether it was walking, climbing, descending, running. Uh, and so we, in fact, you and I wrote a book <laughs> that we never published, but we wrote an ebook a bunch of years ago, Amazing Feats, uh, on uh, this idea of developing that, that, that skill, that ability that our feet have to become much more integrated into the concept of proprioception, which basically describes how we orient ourselves in this world, how we know where we are relative to everything around us in this world. Well, when we're barefoot, mm -hmm. uh, we have that sensory input. We have that proprioception. We have that ability to the 10,000 nerves in, in each of our feet that sense the ground underneath are able to inform the brain um, of the, give the, give the information so that when we do finally make that stride forward, everything is already pr prepared to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is over the last, you know, several centuries when we've been wearing shoes, um, we sort of bypass that sensory input. So over the years, we've created these amazing shoes that are great looking and, uh, sturdy and cushioned comfortable. and comfortable and, you know, uh, cloud-like in their um, in, in the benefits that they confer to people who are looking for, you know, the ability to walk softly and whatever. But they bypass all of that important mm. information and they scrunch our feet together. And so people tend to get um, foot issues. I mean, I, I read a thing, the American Podiatric Association said that some 77% of people complain of foot pain throughout their life. And, and some major subset of that has like major issues that require some intervention, mm. whether it's orthotics or uh, surgery or physical therapy. So um, with all of it's, that's going on with, with footwear, here I enter the picture as a runner in the late 60s, early 70s, and I'm running um, 40, 50 miles a week as, a, as, a, as an endurance athlete, as a distance runner. Why didn't I run more? Well, my feet were what told me when to stop. I couldn't run more because I had these very thin, minimalist shoes that huh. sort of told me, look, it's time to stop. Yeah. In the 70s, um, Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman introduced, you know, the Nike trainers, these thick, you know, waffle sole, big cushioned shoes, which enabled people to run, like myself, to run... 80, 90, 100, 110, 150 miles a week. Um, now, the feet weren't hurting very much, mm. but then it bypassed all that information and the rest of the, the, rest of the body took the brunt of, of the force and the stress. So people got knee problems and they got hip problems and they got all sorts of other problems. So the invention of the, of the um, high-tech running shoe did not reduce the number of injuries over time. So um, I went along with with that for the longest period of time. I ran a lot. I you know I cycled in tight cycling shoes. I play uh, ultimate frisbee in cleats. You have a whole closet full of shoes. But I was never, you know, I was never um, that comfortable in in the shoes, and I still got injuries. So I knew that there had to be a way to, um, you know, I, I was one of the early adopters of the first five-toed shoe back mm -hmm. in 2006 and 2007. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great invention, a minimalist shoe, five toes. You want to articulate the toes, not just 
not just give the toe box room to move sideways, laterally, but up and down to be able mm. to feel the surfaces that you're going over. Um, and that company did a fairly decent job of creating a, a, a brand of, of five-toed shoe, but it was ugly. I'm sorry, it was ugly. And I, I couldn't wear it outside the gym. And I, I tried and I tried, to, I tried to work with them to create something over the years. Finally, um, after I sold um, the company, after I sold Primal um, Kitchen to Kraft, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to really focus on creating the dream shoe, the shoe I always wanted for myself, one that would give me that individual toe articulation, the up and down movement and the lateral movement, would also create a little bit of more cushioning, not so much mm -hmm. like one centimeter total mm -hmm. of, of what we call stack height, um, that was wide, thin, flat, and flexible enough so that it was, it was functional as a minimalist shoe but also that had some style that, that blended kind of this minimalist uh, soul with a uh, attractive upper and mm. gave it the combination of uh, comfort, number one, function and style. And the journey's just starting now. Uh, so exciting because again, you're kind of uh, doing this upstream swimming venture there's so much momentum and we've been programmed so strongly to go and look for the most cushioned, sturdy, supportive shoe so that you won't get injured. And I'm talking about, of course, the athletic population, but also the right. people on their feet, the nurses, the, the warehouse workers. Uh, and we're just trying to continue to invent more ways to ease the strain on the foot of freaking taking steps and walking. So I think we need to back up a little bit and, and unwind this. One thing that, um, came to mind when you were, you were talking about how humans are made to, you know, locomote across the earth uh, with walking, the ultimate form. Um, Dan Millman said in uh, his book, The Inner Athlete, you know what the greatest human athletic achievement is? Is the baby taking his first steps. Mm -hmm. Because by physical calculation, scientific calculation, we should not be able to balance all this much weight on things that are only 12 inches long on each side. It's a miracle that humans can walk. And you see when a baby's first day, you, you got your grandkids, have they taken their first steps yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, the, the younger one. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's yeah. running all over the house. Now. Yeah, he's, but those those yeah. first steps when yeah. he was trying, yeah. you forget like, yeah. oh my gosh, he falls left, he falls right, he falls forward, he falls backward. It's yeah. like, wow, it's a miracle no, that we just, can walk. Like a segue, right? It is a miracle. <laughs> no, it, what other animal? I mean, you know, you usually like this is on a tripod, three mm. legs, you know, most right. animals are quadrupedal, they have four legs, but to be on two, you know, you really have to... Um, that balance becomes, you know, we, we take it for granted, but much of that balance comes from this concept of proprioception right. of being able to feel the ground underneath and understand which, what, what position to bend our knee in and bend our ankle mm. and flex our ankle. And, and, uh, so it's, it's a real interesting, um, you know, uh, evolutionary challenge that we've mm -hmm. overcome with these amazing feet that we have. And then we encase them in these, you know, casts that have this much thick sole and, and provide zero input. Yeah. And it's almost like we're, now we're like clomping around earth, you know, in, in these boxes that we've created, these, these shoes versus, you know, um, springing and lightly stepping and, and, uh, loading and unloading as we move through the earth and across the earth, um, in a way that, that, that most closely approximate how we evolved. So my challenge was, you know, how do I create a barefoot 
experience mm -hmm. with a good looking shoe that people will want to wear, uh, not just in the gym, but walking and going to work and going out to dinner and going to the club. And, and we've, you know, we've come up with six different styles. Mm -hmm. The name of the company is Peluva, P-E-L-U-V-A. Uh, Was we, that Portuguese by any chance? <laughs> well, it comes from, it comes from Pe, which is foot, and Luva, which is glove in Portuguese. All right. Um, but it's a made up name and, and we trademarked it. And, uh, you know, we, it, it, we love the name. We love the way it's kind of rolls off the tongue. And, um, it's gotten a lot of traction, as they say in the industry, uh, <laughs> so far. So there are a lot of people who are, uh, already who are using the shoes in various, you know, configurations, uh, whether it's in the gym lifting heavy weights or, uh, you know, doing some of the, uh, knee over toes guy, uh, sort of backwards walking or, the Brad Kearns of the world doing sprint drills, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or people who are in uh, the workplace. Nurses are wearing uh, one of the versions of our shoes in the workplace because they're on their feet all day and they want. It's it's not just about the cushioning, but the fact that you can uh, you can spread the toes out a little bit mm -hmm. more. Not only gives you a, a sturdier platform, but it allows for circulation in the foot, mm -hmm. which is a big thing, and it allows for this. This articulation sideways of the big toe. So many people spend their lives with their big toe being compressed, mm. angled into a shoe when it should be more kind of spread out. And, and, and it's that big toe that should be guiding the push off, say, uh, when you, when you walk. But we sort of, you know, uh, we, we usurp its authority by encasing it in something <laughs> and then just saying, okay, the whole foot's going to move as one. Uh, so we'll talk more about the confusion, controversy, the backlash about minimalist shoes that have happened in, in recent years as they became popular 15 plus years ago. But I think we got to focus on this proprioception concept. Katie Bowman talks about it a lot and the difference between that baby taking their first steps with those 10,000 nerve endings feeling and sending those signals to the central nervous system, if I'm saying it uh, correctly, but the general insight is that we need that feedback desperately to figure out how to balance and not fall over to the left, fall over to the right. And then it's, it's, it's nullified to whatever degree. You're going to nullify it a little bit when you put on a protective barefoot style shoe. But if you get a big hiking boot or something, right. the, the thing that's really interesting to me and the, the research on running shoe injuries and running injuries in general is that the impact is now dispersed away from the foot and the Achilles tendon, which are built to handle that and, and the metatarsals. And now your foot feels better in a way, like yep. you experience yep. more miles, but now you're getting jarring impact. Your proprioception sucks, so your form could be compromised by that. And then what's happening in the rest of the body? Right. From well, your cushy shoes. From your cushy shoes. And cushy shoes over the years have uh, prompted an entire generation of runners to just be heel strikers, right? <laughs> and, and we're supposed to be sort of midfoot runners. Mm. Um, and that doesn't mean that everybody should run on their toes all the time. But the, um, the advent of this overly cushioned, thick, maximal shoe allows people to, like you're supposed to walk heel toe. That's right, you walk heel toe. So and, big distinction, important. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to walk heel toe. Right. But walking and running are two different categories of movement. Correct. And we're supposed to run, right. not heel toe, but rather so with a lead lead on the midfoot. So you know, right. it doesn't your heel can touch, but it sort of leads with the midfoot. And if you look at um, you know, most um elite runners, 
they're 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 not heel strikers. They're for the most part they're they're midfoot strikers. Yes, the heel does touch, but it's not leading. If you look at most, you know, four hour marathoners, it's all heel strike. It's heel toe, heel toe, heel toe, mm. and that's made of that's made possible by a shoe that actually not just allows it but encourages it because of the thick heel and the drop. This this drop of an inch or an inch and a half from the heel down to maybe half an inch at the forefoot or at the, at mm-hmm. the metatarsal. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's the fact that it allows people to run marathons um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean that that's good for them or that the shoe is somehow benefiting them. It's just it's just sort of again bypassing a normal way of running. So mm-hmm. back to when I was I started running the 1960s and, and 70s, and there were no shoes available other than these very very thin. If you read um, Shoe Dog, if you read Phil mm-hmm. Knight's you know, the movie coming up, if you don't read, like many of you, <laughs> um, you know, the, the Tiger Onitsukas were the, mm-hmm. the shoe that he licensed to sell in the U.S. And they were very thin, very flat. Mm. And and uh, in retrospect, they were great shoes for teaching that sort of forefoot running. And they mm-hmm. certainly they certainly prevented any sort of heel running because you just couldn't. There was not because that's not how you're supposed to run. And if there's no accommodation of that mm-hmm. heel, mm-hmm. it's like you had no choice but to run um, m- more appropriately as a as a faster runner. Yeah, you remember Barefoot Ted McDonald when he came to our retreats and he'd have the people uh, get a barefoot lesson. And I remember some of his memorable things like, if you jump off a six inch perch and land on your heels, you're gonna crush your heels. Yeah. You, you, you can't do it. It's right. tremendously painful. But even any human, if asked to jump off a six-inch perch, is going to have that be- barefoot. Yeah. They're going to have that beautiful landing yeah. where they land, the metatarsal spread, the impact right. is transferred, the right. Achilles tendon goes down to the, the ground, the heel goes down, and then you spring back and you absorb the impact. Right. But then you're running 26 miles, landing every time right. and not, not feeling that impact because of the, the padded shoe. Right. So now it's important to, to uh, at this point, say, I don't recommend that anyone run in mm-hmm. our shoes, right? So uh, the Paluvas are not designed to be a running shoe. Hold on. Our marketing department is waving <laughs> like this in the background. They are- This move. So, so what, ha- what happened with some of the original minimal shoes was people got injured because they thought, oh, minimal shoes, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. And, you know, I'll, I'll become, I'll go from 80 miles a week of <laughs> heel striking right, to- yeah. You know, eighty miles a week of of midfoot yeah. or, or forefoot stri- striking, and uh, that just it just uh, created injury and problems with uh, plantar fascia and Achilles uh, because the small muscles of the feet were not used to it. You know, when you were encased in these cushioned, uh, motion stabilizing shoes that were the you know sort of the, all the rage from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and even now um, in the running community. Uh, you bite. You you basically let all the small muscles of your feet atrophy. Mm-hmm. You know, e- including your arch. Your arch didn't work that much. Mm-hmm. So um, when people went out and bought uh, in the early days, they bought minimalist shoes and they ran. They tried to run. They read the book "Born to Run." Sounds like a good idea. I'll go run. You know, in in these minimalist shoes. Um, they got injured. So what we recognized early on was um, the 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 key here is you want to. Allow your the small muscles of your feet to work easily throughout the day. That's why we have you. Uh, we created shoes to wear at work, um, at the gym, uh, walking, uh, doing you know elliptical, uh, right, even cycling. And 
but not doing the jarring kind of, you know, running stuff that would maybe injure, injure your feet because you're not trained for it. But over time, train those small muscles of your feet to become uh, more flexible, stronger, build the arch up a little bit. And so that th if you've done this sort of passive training throughout the day by wearing these shoes, mm. then when it comes time to go for a run, put on your running shoes. When mm. it comes time to go to the, to the, to the track or to go to um, the, the football pitch and put on your cleats, mm. you put on the shoes that were specifically made for that. But we wanted something that was going to be, um, again, comfortable first. Like I would, I would guarantee these are the most comfortable shoes you'll ever wear. It's gloves for your feet. Um, comfortable first, functional second. No other, very few other shoes have this individual toe articulation so that you, when you walk over any surface, uh, not only do you feel the surface, but your brain it, like li literally smiles at the effect of changing surface. I just went for a walk before this podcast. Um, I did two miles outside uh, the house here and um, it's on the sidewalks of the of Pacific Palisades. Concrete. These are the worst sidewalks <laughs> in the world because the tree roots, mm. these giant trees have up, you know, they've, it's like, it's like tectonic plates, right? They've changed every bit of the sidewalk is like, is like walking over a rocky trail. I love that. I crave that because mm. my feet want to change. They want to change position with every footfall because that's how my feet are getting stronger, more flexible and, and building up that strength without running, without doing anything other than just walking and feeling, feeling the surface other, underneath because the, the palubas are only one centimeter in mm -hmm. thickness, right? So you, and, and it's a very, and there's a, you know, it's a cushioned layer of, of a few cent, a few, excuse me, a few millimeters of cushioning. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's just yeah. a, a layer of cushioning, yeah. which by the way, wasn't there in previous five toe correct, shoes. Correct. And so it was, we added, it made it really, yeah. Um, As you know, because you've, you've, you've been wearing uh, our strands for a while now. Yeah. And yeah. You, could, you, you know, you, in the old days, I would go for a walk in the other competitive five-toed shoe, and I would get bone bruises after like two mm -hmm. miles or three yeah. miles, you know. Um, last summer, I took some prototypes of the Palubas to, um, to France, and I spent three months in Europe, and I put 650 miles on the shoes <laughs> that you are wearing. Uh, I hope it's a different pair. Something. The model that I'm wearing yeah, or the shoes that I'm wearing? Because the, they came in a box yeah, and they yeah, smelled yeah. They pretty good. They but smelled, yeah. Yeah. No, but I put I put a lot of miles on them. And many of those miles were like days of 10 miles or 12 miles of just pavement, just yeah. concrete. So one of the things that the barefoot minimalist shoe community has argued for the longest time, is, as I have, you know, we, we evolved to be going barefoot, right? All the time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great, but the the conditions under which we evolved were, you know, pa uh, tamped down earth, padded mm. dry moss, uh, uh, uneven terrain, but but it was not pavement, macadam, tar, mm. hardwood floors, tile floors. Mm. So that if you if you think about going barefoot today, it's pretty impossible to go barefoot, even if you're well adapted, because after a certain a uh, number of uh, miles or footfalls on these hard surfaces, your your feet were not, they, you know, our fat pads on our feet aren't that mm. aren't that thick to have absorbed that amount of shock because of all of the hard surfaces. So we wanted to create a shoe that was more like, more akin to walking barefoot on a putting green, mm. right? And that's the feeling we want to give <laughs> people. So you play golf, don't you? 
I've, I've tested out minimalist <laughs> shoes on the golf course. Yeah. And, um, it, but you've walked barefoot on a putting surface, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah go on, go, feeling, and, right? you know, yeah. go out there and fool around and uh, just run through the grass. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think, uh, to, to further, uh, emphasize this point about comfort, because when I excitedly talk about my minimalist shoes and, and when you're walking down the street, I don't know about you, but like everyone's looking at these shoes. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And I get comments all day long. And I think it's the articulated toes, obviously, that are unfamiliar to people. But when you say they're more comfortable than a padded, cushy, firm, sturdy shoe, and I excitedly convey this message to a member of the nursing population or something, that it, it's inconceivable yeah. that something that's low to the ground with no support and no padding how can that possibly be comfortable than my pair of uh, hokas, those fantastic cloud shoes with the giant padding on it? Yeah. So uh, what's interesting is you, people buy shoes typically in a brick and mortar uh, shoe store hmm. where they will try the shoes on and they'll walk down the aisle a couple of times and the shoes will feel great because it's like, wow, these shoes are cushioned and, they're, and they feel awesome. I'll take them and then take them home. Well, that's great, but then when you spend um, you know all day in them, or if you mm. walk several miles in them, what happens is you lose again. You lose that that contact with the ground. You lose mm -hmm. that proprioception. So yeah, they're cushiony, but that cushioning is bypassing the information that should be telling your knees to bend a certain way. And if your knees don't bend that way, maybe you get knee problems after a mm. couple of hours mm -hmm. or a couple of miles. Lower back. I mean, yeah. I wear some of them. I've worn and tested some of the nicest, uh, most highly uh, respected new brands of running shoes in the world recently. And I can't do more than two or three miles without mm. my knees or my lower back hurting as a result of this loss of proprioception, this loss of contact mm. with the ground. Because I, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm giving all of the information that should be um, coming to my brain and telling me exactly how to bend my leg, exactly how to flex my foot, exactly how to bend my ankle, uh, uh, how to how to uh, torque my 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 hip as I go forward. All that information gets lost and winds up being, um, you know, again it, it, it's it's dampened by the shoe, mm -hmm. which feels good on the first couple of steps, but after you know as you as you go through the day, it 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 adds up and it's not a good. Another good thing. I, I guess another way to experience this that we're not bullshitting, that this is actually true, hard to believe, is when you stand up for hours. I don't know about you, but I'm aching after an hour straight of standing up, yeah. wherever it is. My lower back, oh, my hamstrings, oh, my glutes, oh, my calves. Everything starts to ache because it's, we're not adapted. We're not, I'm not. Maybe some people don't ache as much, but. It doesn't matter what shoe, right? It's my lower back, my hamstrings, my glutes, and all that. Right. But I noticed when I was wearing minimalist shoes and started in many, many years ago, that it was more comfortable to stand for long periods of time yeah. without the padded, cushiony shoes. Yeah. And also, um, we didn't talk about posture, how if you have an elevated heel of any height, guess where your body weight center of mass is going? It's loading onto your metatarsals. But right. when you're standing, you know why that bone is the, the calcaneus is the, the most dense bone in the body or one of them it's supposed it's designed to support our weight we're supposed to stand on our heels katie bowman's book move your dna goes into more detail here but those heels anchor 
all of our weight, as soon as you put a shoe on, yeah. you can see my gestures, but I think you guys can get it here, yeah, yeah. is that you're going off your heels and then loading forward. It can promote hunched shoulders and all those things because now your, your, your center balance point has been moved up by the elevated heel. Right. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right, get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective, besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for B-Rad podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. I mean, that's one of the, one of the key tenets of any minimalist shoe is, um, is what they call zero drop mm. or little to no drop. Mm -hmm. And that could be as little as... Um, drop you know, described. Yeah. So, so uh, drop is is the difference between the the heel height mm -hmm. and uh, the forefoot mm -hmm. height. So, uh, in many of these running shoes, again, the heel is already an inch off the ground, <laughs> and uh, and then it it might drop down to uh, a quarter of an inch or a third of mm -hmm. an inch uh, at the metatarsal or at the forefoot mm -hmm. area. So that drop is, as you say, is tilting you forward. And again, it feels like if you're a runner, it feels like, oh, I'm moving forward because I'm, <laughs> I'm headed in the right direction, which is forward. 
but it's in fact it's causing these issues with an, uh, an imbalance because it's the the heel and the midfoot and the and the forefoot are supposed to be um, pretty much at the same level uh, on the ground in order to uh, extract the greatest amount of of input from your moving patterns and not incur some sort of a, uh, you know injury. We can rattle off the names of a dozen wonderful brands of minimalist shoes. We've right. tested them over the years. They're great. Uh, they offer varying levels of increased support to the traditional, legit five-toe shoe. Right. So why is a articulated toe footwear yeah. different, distinct from all the ones that are also zero drop, yeah. but have the toes encased? Well, I mean, that's a huge distinction. And there are, as, to your point, there are a number of great, you know, minimalist shoes that have a wide toe box, but the, you want the toes to be splayed. Uh, that's the S-P-L. Splay. Why? Splayed. And um, let's play, kids. Let's and splay. And you want them not only to be splayed, but to be able to move up and down with the terrain. So if you, if you, if you walk over a root or if you walk over a pebble or if you walk over a, you know, an uneven surface or a change in surface that you want the toes to be able to move according to that. You don't want to have to have them all be um, boxed together, even though they're comfortable on, in terms of width, mm -hmm. you don't want them to be boxed together and all act as one unit when you're stepping onto an uneven surface. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first got into stand-up desks, um, I, you know, my feet would get kind of tired from standing. And so I got a pebble mat. You remember that pebble? That oh, rock I have mat five of those now. Yeah. I give them as gifts. They're, no, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's just, they're, yeah. It's, they're a bear to ship. They cost so much. To ship yeah, yeah. They they're real, real rocks, real rocks webbed together. It's a beautiful product. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, um, and it was, it was so kind of luscious to be able mm. to be barefoot and feel the changes in the surface. Uh, by just shifting your feet around a little bit. Well, that's that's indicative of what the feet want. The feet want to feel the surface that you're walking on. They don't want it to be bypassed. I look at people taking hikes. I go up, I'll hike uh, to Mescal up behind our house here. And people are, are and it's a very uneven surface. And it's I, I love it for that. It's like every every time your foot lands, it's in a different place, right? And people are wearing thick, stiff, hiking boots. I'm like, oh my God, how are you mm. not like twisting your ankle because you just, it's a lever that, it, you know, if you step the wrong way, first of all, it doesn't get any traction. You know, those things, mm -hmm. because they're stiff, they, if they, you step sideways on a, or a, right. on a slanted rock, it slides down. I never understood hiking boots for that reason. So I go up in minimalist shoes. I go up in my paluvas and every Footfall feels amazing, and every rock that I step on, even if it's a, mm -hmm. a, a sharp rock, because mm -hmm. you know we, we, you don't feel the sharpness of the rock; you just feel the you know it's been blunted by the by the centimeter of thickness in the in the in the sole. Well, uh, people if, also imagine like if you step on a, a really nasty rock with your second toe. Imagine if even if you're not watching, what the shoe's doing yeah. is the toe's giving. Yeah, and so. I'm, I was at first scared to use them on a trail because yeah. what if I do hit a rock or something, but you go with the flow so much more easily. You don't even notice yeah. a small pebble, which if you were in a running shoe, it could, it could hit you in the wrong spot and, and, and drop you in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, this, this idea that, um, you know, wide, thin, flat, flexible. So you, you don't want any drop from heel down and, and like women, 
don't give up your high heeled shoes because they look fabulous. But I've <laughs> seen so many women's feet over mm -hmm. the past couple of years. We've been doing this. The R and D behind this project goes back two and a half years, and you know the trying to cram your toes into a narrow stiletto heel, mm -hmm. and then and then by being up on the heel for great long periods of time, it shortens up the calf muscle <laughs> so the calf doesn't have to lengthen, and that in, then that puts a lot of stress on other parts of the foot. Um, you know, people, women tend to get bunions over time if they if they try to force themselves into these stylish, you know, mm -hmm. uh, high fashion shoes. Um, all of this can be avoided and some of it can be fixed by just putting on um, a, a wide toe box shoe and particularly one that has uh, individually articulated mm -hmm. toes, i.e. gloves for the feet, i.e. something that allows the toes to be to be comfortable and to function the way they're intended to function, but also to, you know, and then to feel good about yourself because they're stylish, right? They're, they look good. Okay, here's a question for you. Put on your physics, exercise, kinesiology hat. Uh, I enjoy high jumping, as listeners know. And when I'm in the gym, I can graze the rim with my finger at age 58, a big accomplishment for me at five, 10 and a half, when wearing the paluvas, if articulated toe, yeah, individual yeah. shoe with zero drop. In basketball shoes, I cannot touch the rim. Good Kobe lightweight basketball shoes. I'm an inch or two, whatever I am, lower. And um, why is that? Well, because you're, <laughs> because you're giving all, so your, your feet are uh, basically part of a coiled spring and mm -hmm. your Achilles, uh, you know, w when people are running, the, the best marathon runners, uh, their their calf muscle doesn't even work that much because they're just co constantly mm. uh, loading their Achilles mm -hmm. with sort of the same tension. So it's not like they're you know they're they're um, hitting and then the a calf muscle is going from short to long because it's extending and th mm. there's not a lot of this going on because it's basically just loading and unloading a, a coiled a coiled Achilles. Right now, when you go to jump, um, you you don't you're not going to jump and touch the rim on a, on a move and a basketball move from a standing position. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, you might, if you're, you know, <laughs> if you get the hops, if you're yeah. seven foot tall center, but if you're, if you're going to dunk or if you're going to jump up on the rim, you load it, you run into it and then mm -hmm. you load it. Well, when you load it in a cushioned shoe, mm -hmm. all of that loading, all that spring gets dampened by the cushioning of the shoe. And so by the time you go to push off, you've given half of your, of your vert, not half of it, but 10, 20, 15% of your vert. Compressing the compressing padding. Compressing the pad in the shoe yeah. and dampening it yeah. versus when you have just that little, again, that 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 eight eight millimeters of what's remaining in the paluva and you go mm -hmm. to jump, all of that is you. All of that is the spring that you've loaded to get up to the rim. So the, the Achilles tendon is allowed to uh, stretch and explode fully the, the the maximum propulsive force potential and this also occurs every stride at whatever pace we're running right uh, like on my running technique instruction video i say when you're jogging really really slowly you still have to leverage that propulsive force of the achilles tendon on every stride yep. by by striding properly and the uh, wearing a min minimalist shoe or going barefoot facilitates this automatically right and wearing the the opposite shoe challenges you from exhibiting good technique and shortens that Achilles tendon. So here's a funny one. 
Dr. Phil Maffetone has talked a lot about this. He wrote a book called 159 and someday they're going to run a marathon yeah. under two yeah. hours. He argues that theoretically and also uh, literally and practically speaking, the fastest marathon will be run by a barefoot athlete someday yeah. because less weight on the foot, uh, you know, there's, there's no ounces right, of the right, shoe. Right, right, right. And also the more foot efficient. is allowed to be more explosive and powerful. Right. I don't know if you buy that all the way because we got about, you talked about the streets and the concrete and the broken glass, yeah, but, that's but walking. it's interesting. That's walking. So yeah. walking is different from running. So yeah. the, running, the running thing, I, I totally buy that because now when you're looking at, at speed and efficiency and loading, you know, loading that Achilles, absolutely agree with that. Um, when I'm, when I'm talking about walking now we're back to heel, you know, heel striking mm -hmm. first, not exaggerated, not, not in a, you know, in an overly, you know, uh, exaggerated way, but heels, heel hitting first and then rolling onto the foot. Um, then you do want some padding. And normally we have a pad in the heel, the fat pad, which absorbs that mm -hmm. in combination with the surface that we find in nature, which is a mossy field or even a hard packed dirt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the savannas of Africa, on the plains mm -hmm. of Africa. Um, but very rarely did our ancestors encounter a hard, flat, uh, completely, mm. uh, you know, even <laughs> surface, except maybe frozen ice. You know, right. Like, yeah. Like Which that. probably still gives more than concrete. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe some of you longer, younger listeners are not familiar with the name Abibi Bikila, but yeah. Mark might be able to comment on that dude. A uh, won the Olympic marathon in um, Rome or Mexico City twice, sixty sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, barefoot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that showed a, a lifelong barefoot yeah. guy from Ethiopia. Yeah. And um, then when the Africans started winning the big races like the Olympic gold and the marathon, they started getting sponsored by Nike and getting shipments of giant they cushy had to shoes. Wear the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to think that that guy was once at the top of the world and actually shattering the world record right. at the time. Right. What did he run? 214, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. Barefoot through the streets of Rome. Yeah. You can look him up on Google, picture yeah. this guy running barefoot, winning the Olympics. Yeah. So it's no joke. And then Zola Bud, you know. Zola, Zola Bud, Bud, another uh, name from the past. Ran, Hopefully ran some against, listeners remember. Raced against Mary Decker, um, and Zola was barefoot. Barefoot on the on the running track at yeah. Los Angeles yeah. Olympics. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, so we're back to like, um, why would uh, the average person who's not a runner want to wear pelucas, mm. right? And the answer is because it's, it's, it's the most comfortable shoe you'll wear. It is, um, I think better for your feet to have these, uh, the opportunity to, to, to have a wider, even, even the wider toe box and the articulated toes just gives you a bigger platform. We talked in the beginning of this podcast about we're only operating on these two 12 inch long little platforms that, well, how, if we can make them wider by spreading the toes out, we increase the surface area, we increase the the amount of, of uh, input that, that our brain gets, where our proprioception improves. Think about being, um, you know, walking across a, uh, uh, a carpet with Legos left out from the <laughs> night before in the dark at night, right? <laughs> to get to some, Ouch. you know, to get to the refrigerator. Yeah. For your midnight snack barefoot. Um, that's the sort of proprioception, you know, the, the, that we're, we're designed to handle, right? So the second you step on that first Lego, the, the, you know, all the information your brain needs comes up to it and you know how to weight the foot. You know how to bend the ankle a little bit, how to, how to, 
-hmm. And so if you're not trained to do, if your feet haven't, aren't strong enough to be able to, to, to do that, maybe you do roll an ankle, but if your feet are, if your the small muscles, of your feet are strong and flexible and pliable, then it's not a problem. So now we have a, a big issue here in 2023, which is, what did you say? 77% people complaining of foot pain and a huge percentage of people are, are pretty far gone where their feet are so messed up that even taking a, a new pair of paluvas and integrating them by walking around the house, there's some fear and trepidation probably. And there's also an art to it because again, the truth is you can mess yourself up if you get away from those padded cushiony shoes that you've been working your shifts in, and now you're going to try paluvas on your next shift, um, be wary and tell us how we can integrate sensibly and successfully. Yeah. So if you've never done this before and it's, it's new to you, it's foreign to you, um, then the first challenge is going to be getting your toes into each individual toe box. <laughs> I've sat with people uh, for like seven, eight, ten minutes yeah. trying to get their toes in the first time. Um, it's such a novel experience, but it's also an indication that, that if you can't do that, you need, you need something to start separating your toes. Look, there, I don't know how many tens of millions of toe separators have been sold in the last mm. couple of years. It's a very popular thing. Wearing these toe separators around, uh, the house, um, or at night when you're sleeping, because there's a recognition that you want your toes to be spread out a little bit. And that, and that modern shoes have scrunched them together. Well, we offer a shoe that does that automatically. And now you get to walk throughout the day and outside and at work and, and, and going out um, with this sort of same concept of, of the toes being separated. But it takes, it takes some getting used to. You have to take mm. time to put them on the right way the first time. But what, normally what we find is that after a couple of times of wearing these, people go, yeah, now my feet slide right in just mm -hmm. as if they were regular shoes um, and they feel good. So... With that, I would say, you know, wear them an hour the first day, walk around a little bit, wear them a couple hours the second day, see how you feel. Um, I mean, most people adapt, you know, immediately, but mm -hmm. if you've had foot problems and mm -hmm. if you've got, you know, other uh, issues that are causing you to rethink your footwear, yeah, take it a little bit slow uh, wearing these. But um, I, I'm very confident that, that this is going to help a lot of people with, with their foot issues. Yeah. Hopefully you'll get an epiphany really quickly, like such as standing up in one place for 10 minutes and seeing how yeah, right. now your load dispersal is more efficient. Your proprioception is increased dramatically. And then to take this idea further, um, if you are able to go all in like you and I did, I started back in 2006 and understood the concept that yeah. we were writing about and realizing, geez, we should be barefoot. That's how the body works best and the posture and the standing. Um, and then that long, hard road of committing to something different than a lifelong reliance on arch supports, pads, foot massage machines, and more and more cushioned shoes. But there is, there is kind of a fork in the road. And I think we see this on like, look in the primal blueprint and how many topics were attacked, prescription drugs, Yep. Um, uh, a snack in the afternoon that's high sugar and high caffeine. Right. There's high all these, diet. yeah, there's all these places where we can go, which way am I going to go? Am I going to go the prescription drug route yep. and just the slow, steady decline, relieving some of my pain and same with the foot scene. Like, am I just going to keep buying <laughs> my, I love how the, the recommendation to, to buy a new shoe every 250 miles and keep track of your miles because by then the padding has gone down and you can't. Right. 
And it's like, I do the opposite. I try to keep my shoes in play for as long as possible until they stink or they fall apart and peel off. So it's funny you say that because the, the shoes that I took to Europe last summer that I put 650 mm. miles on. Still around. Now they're right <laughs> where I want them. Now they're right oh, where I like yeah, them. You know, yeah. They're so thin. And so yeah. I, now I want to like, I, I want to make sure that the last couple of miles are, are used, you know, judiciously because they feel so good when I put them on. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, th- th- I, I think um, people tend to, um, you know, want to have, I think the comfort thing is a big issue for, and it was for me. Look, I have been wearing nothing but minimal shoes for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And the reason I started this company was I was really dissatisfied with the styles and the mm-hmm. functionality of the shoes that were out there. And mm-hmm. I just thought I could build a better looking shoe and a more functional shoe. Mm-hmm. And I am very clear that that's what we've done. We've created a, a, a Paluva for all occasions. Um, you know, for, for the people who are, who are watching, I mean, we have, you know, this is a, this is a going out to, to, you know, uh, this is called the Miami and it's for like uh, beach clubbing. And it's like a slipper it's like a with slipper. It's the, a still the articulated toes with no strings or right. just slip this right is, in. Right. This is a leather lace up, a, a Napa, very rich Napa leather lace up for going to work or as I like to say, weddings and funerals. It uh, looks really uh, stylish. Um, this is the kind of shoe that if if I didn't want you to notice that it was a five-toed mm-hmm. shoe, you wouldn't even look down at my feet. You'd say, mm-hmm. oh, that's good. You know, from the side, obviously, it looks just like a regular a regular shoe. Um, this is a uh, this is a white um, strand that I work out in. I know, notice you have a, the same pair on right now. That's a, a great shoe, great, very uh, functional for all kinds of things in the gym. Here's just a blue version of that. You can see all this at paluva.com. Yeah, and, and so you go to... Um, uh, paluva.com and we've got a, a nice selection with uh, lots of different styles and lots of different colors for men and women. And we and we have socks too. We have five-toed socks because some people want to wear socks with their shoes and you can't wear regular socks with a five-toed shoe. Uh, and we have in the, uh, in the uh, material that we've worked on, the research and, um, you know, suggestions for foot exercises and things that you can do as you kind of make this commitment. So what I envision is, and, and I, f- I appreciate everybody listening to just be open-minded and consider a different route than ultra super duper padding. And that would also integrate into walking around the house barefoot, uh, going out onto the sidewalk with your paluvas, uh, doing foot circles while you're sitting, uh, watching entertainment or, or working and right. getting the feet back into the game because they've been so diminished and disrespected and atrophied and so thinking of this big picture objective, that's, there's no magic here. And I think you mentioned a little bit about how these runners got too exuberant and went and got themselves injured. Um, I had a really interesting experience where when I first committed to the minimalist way, and I said, I'm so sick of this plantar fasciitis. It was a 15-year injury, pretty severe. And I finally decided I'm going to strengthen my feet, strengthen my Achilles tendon. I walked around all summer barefoot or wearing the five the five toe shoes and the long standing case went away and I developed a pretty bad case in the other foot because everything changed and the other foot wasn't used to uh, not wearing the, the padded heel. And so then I had to treat and deal with that one. And then I finally escaped from the trap, which I'm sure I'd still be suffering from this stuff. It breaks my heart. Tiger Wood drop out of the masters with plantar fasciitis. If yeah. you just call me yeah. or just listen to this show, 
we could send him maybe some if you have a budget for a promo we could send tiger some paluvas just unsolicited and say dude wear these around the house and you will start going in the direction of healing rather than whatever right. the doctors have done to his body you know right. yeah and, and you know we have to be careful that you know i can't make you know medical claims about healing mm. but i can talk about you know the biomechanics of the foot and um one of the things that people um will observe they'll say well um, you know, A, are they comfortable? Yeah, they're very comfortable. That's why I made them. Uh, B, so they must have a lot of arch support. I have, they have zero <laughs> arch support. Why would they have no arch support? Well, because um, you want to use your arch. You want, you don't want to be resting your arch mm. on part of a shoe that unburdens your foot from having to build a strong arch. And it's ironic that some people would come to me and say, well, I would love to try your shoes out, Mark, but um, I have weak arches or I have no arch or I have, you know, I, I wear orthotics. Um, and my response is, well, you, you know, the reason you wear orthotics is because <laughs> you have weak arches and you need to, you need to, you need, you need to build them up. And it's a, it's, you know, uh, it's rough. It's rough because, because a lot of people would say, well, without the arch support, without the orthotics, I can't walk at all. Well, I, I get that. I understand that. Mm. But you got to start by understanding that the arch, Nobody is born with flat feet, right? Oh, is no, that so? No, you're not born. Huh. By the way, the term flat feet, there are people who have amazing uh, arch muscles, you know, yeah. and just their feet look flat. They just don't look like they have an arch. doesn't huh. mean that that's not strong and totally functional. But nobody's born with horrible arches. Hmm. They have to, you know, you, you are born with great feet that are ready, willing, and able to do all the stuff you want to <sighs> do if you're barefoot, if you do the foot exercises, if you put your feet through the through the right ranges and planes of motion, um, you'll develop strong feet. But if you start at a very early age, encasing your children's mm -hmm. feet in cute little, you know, <laughs> versions of Gucci and Chanel and Nike and, you know, whatever, um, that can start uh, a problem. So the more, look, ideally everyone would go barefoot, right? That's, mm -hmm. that would still be my ideal. I go, I go barefoot as often as I can. In the absence of going barefoot, um, I wear palubas. Well, also for the protection when you're doing something active and athletic, I wouldn't go hiking barefoot. Although we did go on this really cool muddy trail in Maui and my son and I spontaneously took off our minimalist shoes and walked the rest of the way in this really soft mud. And I got a few thorns and stickers and it could have been, you know, I could have been cut or something, right. but I think this is like the perfect compromise to where you're protected. And now when you get good at uh, at minimalist experience, you can put these into the mix, jumping up to touch the rim, doing sprint workouts, playing pickleball and things that you couldn't imagine. Wait, don't you need a really protective thick, uh, you know, right. a, a shoe to cut back and forth on the tennis court? Well, no, you're going to be quicker and more laterally, uh, uh, agile because you're getting rid of all that padding and stuff that mess with the Achilles tendon and the metatarsals. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mark Sisson, just marching on, and um, you've been at this game for a long time. Did you ever think about, uh, you know, settling into a life of leisure, or were these thoughts driving you as soon as you exited from the previous company, and then the next day went to work designing barefoot shoes, no, or how did like, that go? It wasn't quite like that. I, I I tried to be retired after I sold yeah. Primal, but it didn't work, so I was going crazy. I mean, I've always had something to say. Look, going back to Mark's Daily Apple, and yeah. you know, wanting to put put it out there and have these ideas that I think uh, other people would, would like to hear. 
Um, that's how I started my supplement company. I'm like, I'm making product that for athletes who don't want to be using performance enhancing substances or legal performing en mm -hmm. enhancing substances. So I will help them with, you know, natural, mm -hmm. um, um, performance enhancer or recovery enhancers. Uh, that became my first company, Primal Nutrition. And then with the food company, I'm like, oh my God, I'm making these great sauces at home and I can't buy them in the store. I think people would love these kind of sauces. That's what, that's what became Primal Kitchen. And so this fascination I've had with foot health and foot comfort for the past several decades um, and my frustration at the fact that no one made a shoe that I mm -hmm. was proud to wear outside, uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, and get dressed up and, you know, and, and feel like not only am I very, very comfortable in my shoes, um, but I'm also pretty damn stylish. So that's really what, what started this whole thing with Paluva. And, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of great uh, input and feedback and tr traction, a lot of uh, accolades from from a lot of uh, great influencers now. And um, all, almost all of it is like overwhelmingly positive. Mm, like, yeah. wow, where, where were these? All this I wonder if you're going to speak at a podiatry convention anytime soon. And if you got to the Q&A portion, would anyone object to this idea that we're better off barefoot or near barefoot? I mean, how do you... Oh, How I do think, you unwind evolution today yeah, with, think, with an I argument? Think, I think there are people who still object to. There's still people who who you know advocate for a maximal shoe with maximal mm. uh, support and maximal cushioning, and uh, people who advocate for bunion surgery and uh, mm. you know all sorts of uh, of other interventions, medical interventions. Mm. Um, yeah, there's certainly people like that who still exist, but I'm seeing more and more, especially in the orthopedic and the, and the podiatry community who are like, no, there's, look, the, the foot is an amazing, an amazing mm -hmm. development. So mm -hmm. it's uh, one of evolution's finest hours. And then we've gone and messed it up. It's like, you know, it's <laughs> like saying, um, uh, this guy is an amazing piano player. He's, you know, he, let's put mittens on him. Let's put oven mitts <laughs> on on him or her and, and have yeah. him play Rachmaninoff, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it's like with, with footwear these days. Well, let's change that one yeah. day at a time. Thank you so right. much for listening, watching. Mark Sisson, paluva.com. Follow them on social media. We should probably do some sort of a, um, a giveaway. A or a let's giveaway. do a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, send, send us an email, right. podcast at breadventures.com, okay. and we'll, okay. we'll pull your name for a winning pair of shoes. There you go. Right on. Okay. That's a wrap. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. 
Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Thank you so much for listening to the BRAD Podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkerns.com to download five free eBooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life, how to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.